Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to the post-match rant. Welcome to another win. <laughs> Unai Emery yeah. on fire in the Premier League. Two wins. Out Great of two. stuff. First away win of the season. Is that is that a robe there on Sam? You I was just going to say, are you in your pyjamas, Sam? I just see no, that. I, mean, I am dressed, right? But the right, thing is, right. we're not putting the heating on. Oh, <laughs> and sensible. It's my Villa house coat, you know? Uh, very nice, very nice, very nice, very posh, very posh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, posh just put the heating on, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Although, although I haven't been to lots of uh, stately homes through work, um, oh, true, they all tend to be very cold, so a bit drafty, a bit drafty. Uh, but yeah, uh, first away win of the season, uh, and obviously, we go into the world cup now on the back of two wins out of two in the Premier League and uh, looking upwards rather than downwards. Uh, before we start, uh, welcome to AJ and Sam this week. How are you, boys? All good, mate. Thanks. All right, mate. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 not a positive all right, mate. How you doing, well, football, mate? The football's good, isn't it? The football's yeah. good, but, you know. Uh, IKEA have annoyed me. I'm trying, to fix a, I'm trying to fix a toilet and it's not fixed. Uh, oh dear. Not good. Not just, good, mate. Yeah, I've just I'm trying to order a bed for my daughter. It's uh, and it's gone on sale, which is great news. But straight away, it's all sold out. No. But uh, but classic IKEA, you can buy one, but with none of all the drawers and everything. But then you can buy all the drawers and everything separate, and it still adds up to the same amount. Except the drawers aren't available for delivery, and it says there's two to collect from Wensbury, which they erroneously describe as the Birmingham store, but it's, of course, in the black country. Uh, but then when I try and order it, and it says there's two, and I need two, when I go to checkout, it says we haven't got any. Right. So now I've got a bed coming with some with some drawer fronts that oh. I can order to be delivered, but no fucking drawers. You right. asked him, Omar. You asked him. So <laughs> I'm tempted to make uh, IKEA villain of the week, to be honest. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll come and say, yeah. So this is going to be a shortened pod. Well, I say I say that every time we try and do a shortened pod, it ends up being an hour anyway. But we're going to just focus on the Brighton match. Obviously, there's no pre-match preview or anything like that. We need to go through. There, there have been a few new stories, but it's they're long, long been and gone. So no point going over them again. So we're just going to focus on the Brighton game and Ago's toilet as well. Uh, I've been I've definitely digging out a bit more information. I'll give you a bit that. of toilet chat as well as the IKEA chat if you want. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll be interesting. Yeah, interesting to hear what's, what's gone wrong. What's gone wrong there? I'll send you uh, some. I'll send you some pics if you like, mate. You yeah, load, load them up. Load, load them up. up yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Any yeah, plumbers yeah. in the any any plumbers in the comments could be really helpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any plumbers, please uh, subscribe first, and then. Uh, oh my God, Dan Bardell. <laughs> I'm on failing fitness for TV, but fit for tonight. Yes, I am fit for tonight. I'm feeling 100% better. Yeah, so apologies. I haven't, we haven't done this pod before, but I have been very ill. Um, I've had various uh, ailments over the last few weeks. And you seem, to have, been, you seem to have been ill a lot lately, mate. Are yeah, you, are you getting I don't enough, know. Are you getting enough vitamin wrong. C? I am. I am. I don't know what's wrong. I just, I think the kids are, kids have been cycling through various illnesses. I've, I've managed to pick them up and I've managed to get an ear infection and then a bit of, I had a family bereavement last week as i told you boys so that's uh obviously took a few days out as well whilst i was ill so uh today's actually the first day i'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling good yeah cheers cheers by now family bereavement fucking suspicious like wow that's a bit harsh isn't it oh Stephen oh. ireland Stephen ireland isn't it one. how many by now <laughs> if you want to join just send me a message mate i'll get you on the stream yeah uh 
This is the girl. Okay. Well, should we talk about the football? Should we just talk about the football? Should we do no. the football? No, no, no. So I'll talk about that. I'm keen uh, to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, bud. I know, I know, I know you mean well, mate. I know. We've talked about it on WhatsApp anyway, so he knows, he knows. Keep it light, Omar. Carl. Carl Knight is in, still in Brazil. Uh, <laughs> Check it in. I did ask. What a, ro- what a romantic honeymoon watching us on the live stream. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Uh, I do what, what Becky's doing. Um, I did ask Carl for a voice note um, for Villain of the Week. Um, but it hasn't come. It hasn't arrived. Maybe he will during the pod and I'll do some magic behind the scenes to get it on. But it would have been lovely to hear his rant about Brighton fans and Brighton and the referee uh, and pundits, Jamie Carragher, maybe just a few potential nominees for Villain of the Week. But yeah, we're going to focus purely on Hero and Villain of the Week. Uh, and I am going to play the video, AJ, right, even though we're it's great. We're I love, week. I love it. Yeah. Do it. So let's do it. Let's, should, we, should we do Hero <clears throat> Villain of the Week? Should let's we crack it. on? Here is Hero and Villain of the Week. That was quick. I managed to keep uh, Carl's comment on there the whole time. But yeah, anyway, move it on. Right. Hero of the Week. So again, it's going to be a collegiate effort because Carl's not here. AJ, any nominees? Um, Away support is brilliant, as usual. Absolutely sensational from the away support. Yarrick was there, uh, was. regular on the regular on the pod, so I'm sure his uh, his voice was heard. I mean, my man of the match. I know hero of the week is not just man of the match, but my man of the match was Kamara. I thought he was uh, thought he was sensational. Um, I think it's very easy to overlook. He had quite a lengthy injury that we expected to be even lengthier, and uh, he was. Um, he was everywhere. His passing was excellent, uh, as usual. Uh, played the full ninety off the back of a, a game, you know, just a, just a few days ago. So, um, yeah, I thought Kamara was brilliant. I thought Louise was good alongside him. Recovered uh, brilliantly from obviously the early mistake. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more. How much of it was his mistake? How much was Martinez? Was it a foul? Wasn't it? I don't know. We'll get into all that detail, I'm sure. But. Um, I thought his recovery in the game, uh, he could easily have lost his head, as he does sometimes. Um, But I thought his recovery in the game was uh, a kind of good um, allegory, if you like, for the team's overall recovery uh, in the game. And to basically come back and do to McAllister exactly what McAllister did to him and and lead to the winning goal was almost like the perfect summation of that. it's kind of hard to to pick. There were so many things that we we put to bed. Like we comfortably held on in that game. Yeah, there were some dark arts involved. As again, I'm sure we'll talk about. But that's fine, you know. When you haven't won away from home since you know Burnley last year, um, you do anything to get over the line, don't you? But regardless of that, you know, Brighton created next to nothing. So it's almost I almost want to give like a collective hero of the week to the whole team for coming back from behind, which we almost never do, uh, for um, uh, uh, pissing off the Brighton fans, um, uh, illegitimately probably, but nonetheless, they are very pissed off uh, for uh, and for their overall performance. You know, um, early error, turned it around, away win at a difficult place to go. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a cop-out not picking one personnel but to me i feel like the whole collective was what won the day um and so that would kind of be my nomination 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's a, there's a few few points to, to pull out of that. Um, firstly, the Louise mistake, which we'll come on to in a second, uh, or lack or mistake or mistake. Uh, we'll come on to the second, and obviously his recovery for that first goal. Uh, for, sorry, for the second goal, for the winning goal. Uh, I don't know if you saw his celebration. Match of the day two highlighted it uh, right in McAllister's face. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Uh, no, yeah, he, he gave it the old in his face like that. Nice, love Come that. On. Uh, just like basically got your own back. Uh, yeah. say, and Gary McAllister can f off and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a bit of the yeah. old um, Brazil Argentina tension in there potentially as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, the collective is important. And again, match of the day too. I, I uh, encourage everyone to watch the analysis and Jermaine Genius for once. You know, actually putting some good insight, uh, talking about how the collective was so important in keeping Brighton at bay in terms of the shape, uh, the in-game tactics, the tweak of the formation, tweak of personnel, et cetera, which we'll come on to as well. Um, and and obviously, Bubakar Kamara, you mentioned there as well. We'll come on to his stats as well. Any other nominations for you, Sam, or any points you want to pick out from that? Yeah, I think for me, it's... Uh, Martinez, for me, is on a, a knife edge between hero and villain of the week because, you know, um, I was enjoying all the shit housing. I always enjoy the shit housing. When when uh, Yarrow and I were at the uh, Man U game and, you know, every time Martinez claims the ball from across, you know, something goes in his ribs or, or his hamstring or something and he has to have a little lie down just to take the sting out of the attack. And we were sort of saying, oh, this is great stuff, isn't it? He's, he's shameless, but, you know, we love him. Um, and generally speaking, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. But it was interesting when we were watching the Brighton game and Carl was sort of suggesting that, um, you know, he didn't really like to see it. Certainly not to the extent that we saw it against Brighton. And my attitude at that point was, well, you know, even though, you know, it, let's say we are going to get some time added on, but they never add on the whole amount. And we've we've complained throughout last season and the season before that when Villa are expecting six or seven or eight, up goes the board and it's four and you never seem to get the time that you think you're owed. Hmm. But on Sunday, I think, I think the ref was so pissed off with the persistent time wasting that he's added on an extra couple. You know? Yeah. Um, eight eight uh, is unusual, isn't it? When there's no, when there's no serious injury or anything, yeah. eight is unusual. So, so I think that on the one hand, you know, it's fantastic to have a, a goalkeeper that's, as you say, as you, you, you put it really well, Omar, you know, prepared to do anything, engage in the dark arts. Let's just get the get the three points over the line. It's our first away win. But on the other hand, I think that it was so persistent and so flagrant that I thought it, it overdid it and it could have been to the to our detriment. Hmm. So I just don't know whether I want to put him in, in in the in the hero or villain category. It's on a knife edge for me. I think you got the casting vote, Omar. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm just not, never going to put him in the villain of the week. Uh, it is dark arts, but it's it's nice to be <laughs> nice to be hated, isn't it? Really, for once, rather than you know Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher and all these pundits saying how much they love playing in Villa Park just because they've won every game. You know, it's nice to be. Yeah. I know it's so accommodating, Park, but but just we've been so accommodating for so for so long. It's nice to be. Uh, like that but I, I I do appreciate that comment and I think um, with Martin I think referees are clocking on now he's done it mm. he's got he's got booked a couple of times this season for time wasting uh, referees had various referees have had words with him about his time wasting and I think they'll just they'll just know now that mm. you know when he throws the ball out and he looks fine you know they'll, they'll probably just end up booking him but with the goalkeeper mm. I was saying it I was watching it uh, with, with family on Sunday and a few non-Villa fans in the family were saying, oh, this is this is ridiculous. And I was like, he just does it all the time. You know, it's mm. so obvious. 
Um, and they were just laughing at how obvious it was. Uh, you know, it, 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 before when he's done it, it's he's he's even he's convinced me a couple of times where I've gone, oh god, actually he's maybe he's hurt himself, and and AJ's gone, nah, no way, he hasn't hurt himself, and he has turned out that way. And then it's happened the other way where AJ's gone, nah, he's playing, yeah, yeah. Gone, I think he's hurt himself, yeah. but he actually has hurt himself. So it's one of those, isn't it, boy, boy, cry wolf. But uh, I think in terms of the overall game, let's start with the let's start with the first, let's start with the lineup first, AJ. Um, we surprised to see Dundonka come out, Kamara come in. We surprised to see McGinn. Uh, playing on the on uh, in the team, obviously in terms of what position we, we saw he played from the right wing, and, and obviously it was a bit of a bit of a big gutting really to see Watkins not make make the team and Bailey on the bench. Yeah, I mean Watkins and Bailey, they weren't Watkins wasn't well enough to to play, so we're told Bailey wasn't fit to start. So you can't really complain about those if it's a illness or fitness uh, if it's a fitness thing. Um, Dendonka's been unlucky, but you know Kamara is such a good player. He's he's our first choice, isn't he? He's got he's got to be in there. We want him to be fit. Uh, we want to see him alongside Louise. We were all looking forward to that pairing starting as soon as possible. So that I didn't that I didn't mind too much. Um, I, I was maybe a little bit surprised to see McGinn come in, uh, given his form and given the uptick in the form of the team since he's been dropped from the from the first eleven. But I actually thought, I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was back to his best by any means. Uh, and I'm not sure how well that role suits him necessarily. Uh, but I thought it was a better performance from him. And I thought his energy benefited us. And quite often, he was the sort of, um, if we weren't going short, um, and there's almost no point trying to go long into Ings, although he did it a couple of times, McGinn was that sort of outball where he could use his strength, his massive arse and all of that sort of stuff. It wasn't massively effective all of the time, but he was probably our best option as that that kind of mid to long range outball. Uh, and I think of the other options that that, that were available, um, we didn't necessarily, uh, we, we, you know, he was probably the best the best option uh, that, there, that there was for that. So um, I, I thought he did okay. Um, and you know, in in that system, um, I think he's okay out wide, but I, I wouldn't want to see him there for too long. Uh, and I think the big issue without Watkins and Bailey, which again they weren't fit, so there's nothing we could we could mm. do. The issue that it created was, you know, their runs in behind. When you look at how we played um, in the United League game, their runs in behind stretch the opposition. They force their defensive line a little bit deeper, and that is what created space in midfield um, for us. Uh, and obviously with Ings um, and Buendia as your kind of two up front. They, they, both Ings had a really good game. Uh, so, I, you know, it's not a criticism of him. But in terms of our tactics and uh, our approach to the game, we didn't have as much space, partly because we didn't have that pace up front to, to you know, keep forcing the defence to, to think that it might come over the top and, and threaten them. So, um uh, you know uh, the lineup. I, I, when it first came out, was a bit, mm, but I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I thought it worked out. Right? Yeah. Um, won, so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Danny Ings there. Sam. You know. I know you've been critical of Watkins, and even myself, I've been critical at times of Watkins. Uh, the issue with Ings has always been his all-round game, but uh, I thought his all-round game on on Sunday was was excellent. To be honest, in terms of his link-up play. Um, what did you think of his performance? Not just in terms of the goals, but his overall performance as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I think the thing with Watkins is, yeah, I have been critical of him, but it's worth noting that in Brighton is definitely, uh, you know, the team that he loves to score and do well against. So uh, I, I was actually gutted that he wasn't in the lineup on on Sunday because he always seems to bag a goal, and uh, and so, you know, I was hoping he might repeat the feat, and I'm I'm glad that it wasn't uh, it wasn't required. Yeah, Ings Ings is always. I th- I think whenever I watch Ings, he always looks tidy in and around the the box, in and around the D. He wants to play one touch. He, he wants to, um, you know, he can he can feed someone in behind. He's got that ability to link the play, as you say. I, I always think, I think the problem with Ings, and we saw this a bit last season, there was a, I can't remember who we were playing, but there were a few occasions where he was in a sort of one-on-one um, and he was free of the last defender, but it was like he was running through treacle and he mm. couldn't get the shot off. Um, and I think his lack of pace, uh, you know, is is, is a... It, it does make you question the, th- the fee we paid for him, really, mm. given that, um, you know, it, it, we have to play a certain way when you're playing with Ings. Um, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, as you say, he's not going to run in behind. You've got to play it to feet a lot more. And that means that you've got to have the players that can find him to feet. And then you've got to have the, you know, you, you, you've got to be progressive enough to have the players around him. But I thought we did that plenty enough on Sunday. Um, and and as I say, you know, what it, Ings is a very good finisher, no doubt about that. But he's also a very good footballer. So when it, it, he's bringing other people into the game um, mm-hmm. and when you can get the ball into his feet, you actually look a much better team than when Watkins is trying to do that because he's just not as good at it. Um, so it, they both give you something. I think the thing about the pair of them is, OK, so Watkins gives you something that Ings can't give you so on days when Watkins is touch and ability to bring in the uh his teammates is, is looking all right he looks really good and with Ings uh you know on days when you're not knocking over the top too much so it doesn't expose him in that way it looks all right and I think the difficulty is that um you know ideally you need some sort of amalgam of the two which which we don't have but I was really happy with his performance. I think great for his confidence that he got two goals. Um, the second one, it was a, it was a bit spawny, but um, you know we were uh, we were unlucky that um, Wendy didn't score off the post. Yeah, so yeah. you know I I, I think I don't, I don't think of that as a lucky goal. I think um, I think we were well worth it. Well, and I think that's one of the things you know about the <clears throat> Brighton fans accusing us of anti-football and all of that. The two best moves in the game by a distance were, led to our goals. The the, the build-up play for our for the first penalty uh, was exceptional. Um, you know the way we cut them open, the weight of that through ball from Buendia is like you know peak. That's what we want to see from Buendia when he does that. There's no one else in our team that would do that. Uh, maybe Coutinho in the one game in 25 where he's decent, but apart from that, no one else in the team is going to pick that pass. Great, great run from McGinn, which is what he'll give you if he's allowed to advance forward, um, and, a, and a clear penalty all, all day, all day long. Um, and if it wasn't for that penalty, you know, McGinn would have had a good chance to, to score from that position anyway. And then the build-up that led to that Buendia header again was an exceptional uh exceptional bit of play to get cash in behind cash did really well as well because it was a tricky yeah, ball to, to get under ball. control did really well pulled it back great header from Buendia unfortunate that it didn't go in and and yeah from there to the goal it was a bit mm. lucky but there that you couldn't identify two moves that Brighton put together that were anywhere near as good quality as, as that so you know for all we shit housed our way to stay in the stay in the game. Uh, mm. Seven bookings, whatever it was. Uh, actually, the two genuine moments of quality in the game were the build up to our two goals. 
Yeah, I mean, if we look at the the XG, um, which is our favourite stat on here, in terms of the um, in terms of the, I think I'll use the XG philosophy. I know there's various different sites you can use, and they're all slightly different. But if we look at the XG here, you know, Brighton 0.67, Aston Villa 1.28. Obviously, there's a penalty there which accounts for. Is it what AJ normally 0.8 or something like that? 0.75? No, something 0.77, yeah. I think it is normally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but still, you know, there it's still creating plenty of chances. Uh, well, and as I oh, say, the the XG of the McGinn chance, had he not been fouled, exactly, 100%, would have yeah. been decent anyway. Probably not quite as high as a penalty, but you know, it still yeah. would have been a 0.3, 0.4, or whatever. So. Yeah, and, and I think no, I'll share I'll share a stat now in terms of uh, Brighton's. Uh, I, I was quite disappointed with Brighton actually. You know, they've they've obviously had a great result against Chelsea recently, um, and you would expect them to be the ascendancy. And you know, there are a good footballing side. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those teams that we always talk about, isn't it? It's one of those teams that we always say, oh, it'd be nice if Villa could play football like Brighton can, the philosophy they have, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, here we go. You know, Brighton only created, uh, only earned eight shot creating actions yesterday against Villa, the lowest number in the Premier League this season so far. It was also the lowest number that Villa have conceded in Premier League game this season. Emery Ball activated Aston Villa sat over there with the stats. Uh you know, uh, I think AJ. What was it? How many shots? How many go- shots on target? Did two, sh- two, two shots. Two shots on target. Yeah. yeah. So and one of them was um, the was it one of them the Martinez one where he went down and threw the ball out. I think which was a yeah shot from, yeah Trossard from Trossard I think from distance. Yeah. Um, yeah low low value. Um, Although yeah, their so. header that wasn't on target, but absolutely ought to have been Colville. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was their best, their best chance of the game uh, was yeah. that Colwell header. But even then, it was a little bit behind him. Behind him, like, yeah. It would have been it's a struggle for him to do much better with that. To be fair, it was a chance you'd you'd hope. Uh, but again, he's a centre half, isn't he? So mm. you know, well, the first. Goal, I mean, yeah. FB ref Sorry. have that down as as zero point one eight xg that chance. So oh, really, yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, it's, for me, that's a better chance than that. But okay, I, I do think I do think it was behind him though. That's what I said in, in our WhatsApp group. I thought it actually looked, it's probably harder than it initially looked. Uh, let's let's go back to the first goal because obviously we've skipped through sort of our goals a little bit there. Um, straight away, you know, Brighton. Uh, you know, you know, it's going to be a difficult game. Martinez plays the ball out to to Dougie Louise. Dougie Louise obviously isn't ready at all for it. Uh, Mings is probably the easiest pass there on. Uh, Kamara's looking for the ball. Uh, doesn't get it. Uh, Louise is blindsided by McAllister. Is it a foul? I think it is. AJ? Uh, I, think, uh, I think there's enough 50, contact. 50-50, I think. Like, I, I, th- I think it's one of those that can that can go either way. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think anyway, regardless, two, two things. It's the wrong pass for Martinez. Louise yeah. is showing for it, but McAllister is right on him. So that ball should never have gone to him. It also, as a, as a pass, you know, because McAllister is coming over his right his right shoulder and it's not far enough to the left. If it was to the left, then Louise could easily have, t- have turned away out of it, most most likely, or, or played it out to, you know, I think Comsa was, was deep on the other side or, you know, whatever. Often when it goes into that uh, midfielder who's coming deep, it's a first-time ball one way or the other. He didn't give Louise the opportunity to do that. So I thought it was the wrong pass, a, a poor pass, even if you make that pass. But also, I thought Louise needed to be stronger in that situation, regardless of whether he was fouled or not. And it's not the first time it's happened to him in that sort of area either. So I think maybe he was unfortunate not 
not to get a free kick. There's definitely a case for it being a foul. But regardless of that, and I'm sure Emery will be taking this attitude, there's things we need to look at in terms of the build-up uh, and the way we dealt with that situation um, that we can Im- that we can improve on um, as well. And someone said in the in the comments that we need to stick to uh, trying to play out from the back, and it will take us time. And I agree with that. I don't think we mm. changed the policy. I think we have to keep doing it. We'll get better at it as the structure improves, and arguably, if the players uh, improve, if we we um, uh, bring in players who are more comfortable doing that. Uh, but there, there were definitely things to to look at there in terms of the the way we uh, the way the way we executed what we were trying to do there, as well as the question as to whether it was a foul or not. Uh, I, I think I agree with you. I, I I agree with you both. Really, I think um, I think it was a poor pass. I think Dougie could have been stronger. I think it's one of those where it, it can go for you, can go against you. Uh, looking back at it in slow motion on match of the day two. Uh, and you know, I talked about how much they highlighted our style of play. They're also looking at that. And and uh, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Defoe and Genius. And they both said that it was a foul. I think it was a foul, in my opinion. I think uh, McAllister comes across the wrong side of Louise and basically takes out his left leg and the ball's on his right leg. So for me, that is a foul. He's not getting the ball. However, looking at it in, in sort of real time when it first happened, my initial thought was, Dougie, you've got to do better than that. That's terrible. Um so I can see why it was given. So it's one of those, isn't it? And we'll, we'll come on to some of the other decisions in a second when we do Villain of the Week. But uh, just on Dougie Louise, um, AJ, you touched on it a little bit in terms of his performance for the rest of the game. But Dougie, Dougie's been quite impressive, hasn't he, under Emery, uh, under Emery and, and also Gerard, really, and this season in, as a whole, hasn't he, Sam? I'll share some, yeah, of his, I'll share some a, a quick stat of his while you talk as well. Yeah, I think he's, a, he's an excellent player and... Um... Yeah, project restart. Louise is, I think, starting to come back to the fore. Um, it, it, there was something about project restart, Louise, where you know he was more progressive. His passing economy seemed better. He looked like he had added a bit of creativity. Um, and yeah, I think that we saw we saw plenty of that um, on Sunday. And yeah, a bit a bit of steel in there as well. He's a, he's a good player. I mean, he's been linked with Barcelona. I know. And did you pick that up today? Mm, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. It's not. It, it seems to me like a you know Arsenal have been linked with him. It's it's not surprising that uh, clubs are looking at him. He's a, he's you know he's a fantastic footballer. You know he's he's big strong lad. Um and and you just think that there's probably more to come. You know um and I think Unai Emery will, will will get the best out of him. Um and and I totally agree with uh what you both said about just how exciting that kind of double pivot to use the parlance with those two, you know real quality players can be for us going forward if we can keep them both fit um, and keep hold of the pair of them. I think that's really exciting. The other, the other yeah, player there then, uh, AJ, uh, Bubakar Kamara, your, your thoughts on his performance? Sorry, just carry on what you were saying before you go on to that. Yeah, I was just going to uh, sort of continue what Sam was saying and Danny Hodgson in the comments has said something similar as well and I said it to you guys in the chat the other day. I think the thing with Louise, I think he has been excellent. He's really stepped up in the last uh, few games, certainly since Emery came in, but I think he was one of the least poor in some of the games under Gerard as well if you I guess forgive the um sending off against Fulham which we talked about at length after that game um is that this like he's almost on the edge of being an incredible player but he's never quite there even when he's good you know there's still always you know one little loss of concentration in a game or there's one little, and I think it's just like 
I just really want him to kick on and do that for us. Uh, you know, and like Danny said, like there's always been this fear that he's going to go somewhere else and be brilliant because you can see he's got all the tools. You know, he's a great passer of the ball. He's got good vision. He's uh, he's always at the start of our good moves. Uh, you know, he's often the guy that picks it up, finds a pass that's a bit more penetrating than someone else in that position might find. Uh, and that sets us on the way then uh, for for a good move. But I just feel like he's he's still not quite hit his um, his his limit of where of where he can go. Uh, and I really hope you know a coach as good as Emery will will help him find that. And to come back to your question, a partner alongside him as good as uh, as good as Kamara, um, because you know I just think they'll be so good for each other because they can both step into more advanced positions. They could both do the defensive work. I mean, you had the stat there about Louise and his most successful tackles. Uh, Kamara, the number of duels he won in that in that game, he just seemed to win every single one. And I think like, when he first came in, he seemed to be giving away a lot of silly fouls and things like that. And I, I see that a lot less now. Maybe he's adjusting to the Premier League and or maybe he was a bit too eager to prove himself when he first, he first came in. Um, but he just seems to have all of the tools to be an exceptional player in that deep holding midfield role. That gives um, Dougie a bit more license uh, to go forward. Um, but also, if Kamara goes forward, you know Louise is good enough to defensively to, to drop in um, as well. So I think there's the potential there for a really genuinely excellent midfield partnership um, at and it's just about then cracking who who sits in front of them or or wide of them. Uh, to Why, really is that, Why is Gerard trending? Point? Can we just cover that in a minute? Why is Gerard trending? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to know. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with AJ. I mean, look at look at those stats there in terms of his performance uh, overall. He's just, he's just a midfield general, wasn't he, on Sunday? Mm. Against, you know, Moses Cassiedo, who's been fantastic and touted for some of the big clubs. Uh, and I didn't say, I thought Moses Cassiedo was actually okay, but... Bubakar Kamara really stood out for me in that midfield. And some, mm. some, you know, the presence we've lacked for a while. You know, we've had, you know, we've t- you, AJ, you mentioned there about Louise, you know, where he's, he's got so many of the good attributes, but he's always, he's not always quite there. Uh, I mean, he has amazing games, don't, don't get me wrong, but he's not consistent um, always. Whereas you feel like Bubakar Kamara can sort of go that level extra and he's got that in his toolkit to do that. And he showed that on, uh, on Sunday there in terms of his passing. He hardly put a foot wrong with his passing as well. Uh, I mean, his passing accuracy at one stage was 100%, I think. Maybe yeah, yeah I saw game. that. First, for first half, it was 100%. Half, yeah. 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 Uh, touches there, you know, obviously get involved in the game. Um, one, as you talked about there, in terms of ground duels, one, headed, headed clearances, clearances, passes into final third, recoveries, you know, just all round, excellent, excellent performance. And uh, quite surprising for me because I was quite surprised he he was in in the team first off and, and quite surprised at the level of performance. And you could see him flagging a little bit towards the end of the mm. game, but he, he stayed at it. Uh, and obviously the shape, which we'll come on to later in terms of the team and how we defended in those last sort of 10, 15 minutes must have helped as well. But just just really impressive. And, and it's a bit of a shame for him, really, isn't it, with the World Cup coming up that you couldn't have two or three more performances like that before the World Cup and maybe mm. getting ahead of someone like Jordan Verrett, who's obviously in the, in the squad for France, which was a, a bit of a shock for me anyway. Mm. Right. Uh, the lads, we... lads in the comments are saying that Gerard's trending because he's got a job as an ambassador or something in the, at the World Cup. So oh, right. Another, oh, another, another, reason, reason, another reason to find him odious. Yes, yeah. there we go. 
Uh, yeah, David Stiles mentions that game because Man City dig was superb. He's hell of a player, right? Yeah, I completely agree. He's one of my favourite players, and uh, he's young as well. He's he's really young mm. still. Uh, and, and as you say, AJ, he's still, you feel like he can get to the extra level, and and maybe he will when he hits his peak years. Um, and that's should, even before up. Lance. Uh, we get onto him being social media solid gold, and uh, you know the. Chadzy hates his social media game, by the way. The uh, <laughs> oh wow, Chad is not here. So you know, um, you know the how many how many clubs have a you know beautiful romance between their uh, men and men's and women's team? We've got that going on, guys. Yeah. Us, you know, Alicia's yeah. got a calendar coming out. I don't know if you've seen that. Great no, gift for Christmas. Twenty twenty three calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alicia's really? got one coming out. She has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, yeah. Do you not, do you not follow her, mate? What are you doing? No, I, don't, I don't follow her, no. <laughs> I saw her at the Nottingham Forest match. I think she goes quite a lot of the away games by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she does. I'm taking um, I'm taking my daughter to the, because it's at Villa Park on uh, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Taking my daughter to that. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, I think Rachel Daly scored again today uh, for England. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. that. Yeah, they drew 1-1. Uh, but yeah, no, excellent. Uh, right, so moving on to the villain of the week. <laughs> So we'll talk about some of the more controversial decisions. Um, Sam, your thoughts first, please. Yeah, for, I, th- I just think it's it's Carragher, isn't it? I mean, um, the, the the commentary on that on that penalty decision was was just absolutely ridiculous. It was like he was watching something different to what I was watching. Um, you know, the I didn't think it was a pen in real time. Did you? No, no, not, not, uh, no I, I did. I thought it was a penny real time. I, I didn't even notice it. I was watching, it. I was watching, I was watching with Jugsy, and yeah. uh, Jugsy was like, get up. And I was like, that's a pen. That is a pen. Because I just knew really? it was one of those where I, I didn't properly see it, but I just knew when when a defender gets caught blindsided, we've seen it time and time again, uh, where defender, someone comes in for mine, nicks the ball, and they end up kicking the play. I just thought it was one of those. And I thought it was going to be given. It was Solly March, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So... Sonny March makes a very sort of muted appeal. Um, the the lino is right on it, right? Doesn't give it. Um, Sonny Mar- well, March was down for ages, wasn't he? Was yeah, like, remember, a bit, yeah, bit like that. And maybe he thought he got a kick, but it's not like they, they weren't exactly crowding the ref, right? No. Uh, pursuing the ref. Linesman's not giving it. Lino's not giving it. Um, and then it says it's going to VAR. The first time I watched it on VAR from one angle, I was thinking, oh, that's a bit iffy. But then you look at it from the other angle and it's uh, and you see, actually, it looks like, um, you know, essentially he's uh, Solly might sort of ran into him. And um, and you think that's not a clear and obvious error. No way. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no there's, there's nothing clear and obvious about the, the way that uh, challenge went in. And it's and, you know, I think you could say, oh, it's a bit dicey. Another ref might have given that. But to but to be as adamant as Carragher was that that was the clearest penalty you'll ever see, I thought was absolute nonsense. And uh, you know this idea that Brighton have been robbed when you know one angle looks it looks like it could be a pen, the other it looks like it probably isn't. I just don't know what he was saying. And, and Gene of the Brighton fans as well behind him. Did you did you see hear that? He was yeah. I'm not going to do accents think? anymore. You all think it's a penalty. You all think it's a penalty, don't you? Yeah. I, I just thought it was bonkers. Is it a hangover from the uh, you know they sacked my mate gate? I don't know. Who knows? But uh, but I thought that was very poor. Um, so yeah, to, to me, it's he's uh, villain of the week. Hey, yeah, I agree with that? what Carl, I agree with what Carl's just said. Actually, that you've just flashed up I'll on the screen. Put it back. I missed it. I, I think go. it was a pen. Um, uh, again, I, I I agree with a lot of what Sam's saying. Like it, it wasn't 
it wasn't the most heinous. It wasn't even the worst VAR decision of the weekend. Uh, leave alone the fact that they didn't even um, look at the the handball, which I'm sure sure we'll come on to to talk about. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, live from Brazil. Uh, Brazil. <laughs> he's still, he's still same got it. Same Portuguese, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do they have seagulls in uh, in, Port- in uh, Brazil? Yeah. They probably do. They have them everywhere, don't they? They're a bit like yeah. pigeons, aren't they? You yeah. can't get away from the bastards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I did think it probably was a pen, and you would be annoyed uh, if you were in the same situation and it, and it wasn't given. But I also think, yeah, Carl's right. Was it? clear and obvious enough to overturn when, as Sam said, the ref had a good view, the linesman had a good view, uh, the ball does uh, come off, um, uh, it does come off him. How intentional that was, it kind of hit his back leg, I don't know, but to me it's not a, it, it's not a clear and obvious, yeah, clear and obvious thing. And I think it's just for Brighton fans, who, by the way, are my villain of the week, um, I think it does... You know, you in that if you are a home fan in that situation, it's frustrating, right? Because we completely nullified them and we used some uh time wasting and rotational fouling and all of those things to to nullify them. But also they're like they're all having a go at the ref. We had seven bookings in that game. So it's not like the ref wasn't trying to get on top of us uh taking the piss. It's just that we were smart enough that it was only the guys who hadn't been booked yet who were who were going and doing it. So uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, the, the reaction mm. on. I know, I know all the majority of any fan base on Twitter are, are bellends, but particularly the reaction from the Brian fans on this and and how that you know, it's just been insane. Like I just don't yeah. understand. Like you know, it's not like we're fucking. I don't know. Bournemouth or someone who's you know do you know what I mean like it's we're coached by a, a genuinely excellent manager now we've got good players we've scored two good goals against them you know I, I don't know I don't know what they do they expect to never lose at, at home to anyone I just don't I just don't get it you know yeah I mean for me it's the sense of entitlement for Brighton fans I mean I agree with you I think they should be villain of the week because I think, you know, we, we've talked about Brighton a lot on this pod and we've been very complimentary of them, their style of play, their sort of football philosophy, but also their strategy behind the scenes and how they're trying to build yeah. that club and what they've done over the years from where they were. You know, it's, it's fantastic work and, and credit, credit to the Premier League, they really are. But at the same time, you know, the sense of entitlement that they're sort of like Barcelona and having to play against Stoke. And, and having, you know, yeah. it was, it was yeah. the game wasn't like that at all. I think I haven't checked, double checked this, but I'm pretty sure they committed more fouls than Villa in the game, mm. the Bright, Brighton team. We've really, talk, we've, we've really talked about XG, we talked about shot creating actions, we talked about the overall good chances in the game. They didn't create yeah, more fouls, yeah. 14, 14 fouls to our 11. Exactly. Also, while we're on the, the subject, sorry, mate, I will, I'm going to let you finish, but uh, I don't want to get Kanye <laughs> okay. on you. But, uh, uh, how lucky was Dunk not to get booked for the for the penalty? No booking. I know he can't get sent off because of the double jeopardy thing. He, didn't get, he didn't get no. booked. There was also he pulled someone down in the you know the classic when you're on a break about to go on a break and you get pulled down and it's an automatic yellow card. He didn't get booked for that. And then there was one exactly the same that Mings did get booked for. And Mings was literally pointing it out, going, "You didn't book him for it." Like there's grievances that we've got. So if you want to say the ref was shit. You know, 
it was shit in both directions. I hundred percent agree, and we'll come on to our, our potential handball as well uh, in but a second. Can I, if I, can I just add, playing yeah. devil's advocate, they will, they would say that you know the reason that they didn't have a high xg is because in the second half we took the piss with the time wasting and and whatever it's. They've got eight minutes that. time. They've got eight minutes added on though. Yeah, yeah, you know, but but it break breaking their rhythm and and whatever. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But yeah, the yeah, other the other thing is your point about. Um, Entitlement, Omar, is so bang on. In fact, it's so bang on that even Graham Potter moaned about how entitled they were, if you remember. When they, <laughs> yeah, when they he did. A, a, Good point, yeah. Do you know what I mean? A, an absolute joke. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I totally forgot about that. You're right. I think there's this... Um, I don't know if with, with Brighton fans, maybe they've got new fans, maybe it's a bit like Man City, but the amount of times I've seen Brighton play football and, and you know, sort of do lots of good things up until the final third and not create chances. You know, they've historically have always been a team that haven't finished their chances or haven't created enough chances, but play good football. And it was very much that that was the case on Sunday. You know, they are, uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm going to say no offense, but take offense if you want. There are, there are a small club doing well. Let's yeah. Face it. But that's um, why they're brilliant. Isn't yeah. it? That's what's brilliant about them. And uh, yeah, exactly. So it's fantastic. But we're Aston Villa. I'm not saying we're a massive club or anything like that. We're historically a big club. Doesn't necessarily mean we're a big club now. But you know, we've got good players. We've got a good team. We've got a good manager. We're in. We were in a bit of a, a bit of a mini crisis, and we're trying to work our way back. We're playing away from home. We've created good chances on the break. We're trying to play a style of football that I didn't think was Stoke-esque. It was just sensible and practical and pragmatic. But we were still creating more chances than they created. Uh, yeah. We were still do, playing better football than they were playing. And, you know, by the end of the game, all they were doing was crossing from deep. It was basically what we did against Bournemouth. Uh, mm. You know, it was no different to that. They weren't creating, what you know, little one-twos, little triangles in and around the box and creating good chances. It wasn't like they were prepping our goal. Martinez, you know, didn't have to do much the entire game. Apart, save. apart from feign injury. That was it, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, Richard Edwards. I know, I know we're bigger than Brighton. I'm not saying we're not bigger than Brighton. I completely agree with bigger than Brighton. But in the current context of things, you know, we're not. Are, are we a better team than Brighton? You know, it's one of those. You're not not really sure. Yes, we're in the ascendancy, but Brighton have done well. But it's just the entitlement that that somehow they're entitled to be allowed to play football. It's it's like you know, if it was Liverpool or Man City saying that Liverpool, Man City fans, I swore get it because you know historically and and even now they they win so many games and they dominate games and they've got so many good players, but you know. Even even before the last eighteen months, Brighton haven't done that well. Really, they've had good moments, but they haven't done well in the league. So why is it? Why did Brighton fans suddenly think that they should be allowed to do what they want? And and the fact that they're moaning about us moaning, we're only moaning because they're picking out. You know, the, the penalty should have been done. The penalty should uh, should have been a penalty, and the referee was awful. I I agree, it should have been a penalty. I hundred percent agree, it should have been a penalty. I don't even think it's uh, you know there wasn't a clear and obvious. Whatever, I think it was a clear and obvious error. I think it was a penalty. Oh, not for me. But but at the same time, I think ours <clears> should have been a foul. And I also think we should have had a handball. And I, I put that sort of video out and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's, he's by his side. It's not by his side. He's, he's up here. And I'll play the video now. You can judge. And he's me for me, he moves his arm towards it. And it's not exactly. one of those, like when it got given against Cash, you can see why it was given because his arm, his arm was up and he was sliding in. But he's bashed at him from, you know, two yards away. And he... His arm moves beyond towards the ball and he can see it coming. The only debate for me is whether he's being fouled by Consor. I don't think he is, but that's he the is. only thing that I don't think he is. But that's the only point of the debate because to me, the question of whether it was a handball or not, it's a clear handball. Here we go. Let's show the clip and then I'll show you a still as well. Uh, if I've got it, I've managed to uh, find it. 
Uh, give me one second to show you the video. Here we go. Let's look. Let's look at that one more time. Let's look at that one more. Let's look at that one more time, and then I'll show you the still. And he's he's watching it onto his arm. Look, you know. And he knows. Look, you can see there. He's like, God, oh, oh. Yeah, he, yeah. Knows. he knows. He knows. And look, look at this uh, this freeze frame here. You can see, you know, his arms. Yeah, it looks like his side, but that's just after he's hit the ball. His arm is right up by his uh, his head just before that. And you know, people saying cons have fouled him, but you know, all he did was just you know. So, you know, someone said, oh, he had his arm under his armpit. I mean, has anyone seen a corner before? Have, you know, everyone doesn't stand away from each other like, oh, yeah, go for a run, mate. Go have a shot and goal. And people said, oh, you know, the keeper was fouled. <sighs> I don't think so. I mean, all, all, all he does is what we do every, every, every team does, which is just block the goalkeeper and stand in front of him. That's it. There's no, there's no like, you know, no one's holding him back or pulling him down or anything like that. Did it uh, even have a check that? Didn't do it. No, no, I don't know if they checked it or not, but no, for me, no, no, for no. me, that's that's a, if if theirs is a penalty, then that's a handball. Now, you can, even if you argue that isn't a handball and then they should have a penalty, I still think the first goal was a foul. So, e any way you want to look at it, Villa deserved to win and would have been up. And then, and someone's posted in the comments, Martinez will probably saved it anyway. So, yeah. Well, one one thing I would just say uh, is, if I was a Brighton fan, I would be annoyed, but I'd be annoyed that I had a team that had 65% possession at home and essentially only created one chance because the goal we gifted them. The only chance they created was that Colwell header in the entire in the entire game. That was the only genuine chance that they created when they had 65% of the ball. And that that's that's their problem. Like that's, they've got if if teams are going to come and uh, take a lead and then sit back and defend uh, the way we did, um, you know, six at the back effectively. Once Young and August and some were on, we were basically playing really narrow back four with two, like two. We had full backs and wing backs. Like it, you know, it was defensive, but you know, need, needs must. And teams are going to do that when they're two one up. And if you can't. If you've got no one who can go past the player, if you've got no mm. ability to play through that defensive defensive block, um, then then that's your that's your problem. You know, you can blame the referee all you like, but that's your problem. And do you know what? You could say, Oh, I'm just saying that, but rewind a few podcasts to the first few games of the season when we had sixty percent possession and didn't create anything under Gerard. And that's what I was that's what I was moaning about. So yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not just saying it. I've got receipts. That's, what a that's cameo what from Young, by the what a cameo from Ashley Young, by the way. Yeah, 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 excellent. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and well, let's let's talk about that now. Ashley Young, obviously, we, we I mean, match today picked up on it as well, and a lot of people picked up on it. Was the um, was the sort of change in formation? We're going to a back five and almost a back six at times with McGinn tucking in a left back, and just the way that the the team moved in cohesion, which was just so weird to see as a Villa fan, uh, where you know as soon as Brighton were trying to sort of get in and around the box and, and were struggling because we were crowded in the middle they had to go back to the defense center backs to then build the play back up again we would almost squeeze back up and squeeze them again and move high up the pitch and it was nice to see us play high you know we weren't playing on the edge of our box at all we were sort of maybe 10 15 yards away from the edge of our box and most of the time uh and there was a few instances where they tried to play a ball over the top and Martinez just easily you know, got got hold of the ball and there was no issue. And I, it was just really great to see. And, and I suppose just, I suppose the general theme of that is just how good it is and how nice it is to have a proper football manager who understands these things. They can make those tweaks in game as well and see a game out like that. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think his changes are, are astute, not just in terms of personnel, in terms of substitutions, in terms of the shape. Um, and yeah, I thought, um, 
against Man U, similarly, we weren't camped in our own half at, when we were uh, ahead against Man U. We, we looked a threat on the break. I think we looked less of a threat on the break against Brighton, but different personnel and not as easy an out ball out to Watkins over the top. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely delighted with, um, you know, his ability to think his way through games. I think it, it really does show. It's such a contrast. Um, actually... You know, it's, it, uh, with all due respect to Dino, I don't think Dino, we, we used to criticise Dino for the same thing. Um, and, and I think so, yeah. It's a, I think, as, as Carl might have said on, either on the pod or on the WhatsApp group, you know, this is the appointment we should have made, um, you know, when, when we got Gerard, And, you know, at least we got there in the end. Mm, yeah. Uh, let us know who you think should be man of the match as well in the comment below, uh, in the comments below. Um We've talked about various players uh, and what I'd ask the guys towards the end of the pod who they, who they think was man of the match as well. Uh, but yeah, in terms of style of play, we've talked about that at length as well. Uh, I did want to sort of pick up on something you posted, AJ, in terms of how the Premier League has changed, uh, the Premier oh, League yeah. teams changed over the last 10 years. Do you feel like doing that now or should we should we leave it? What do you think? Yeah, we can do that if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me just... Uh, Find who actually posted it, unless you've got that. I've got. Uh, well, I've got the. I've got the image. Just before we do yeah, that, I want to do. Make Im- sure. Yeah, I want to do. Uh, you know, we normally do meme of the week or tweet of the week or image of the week. This is my image of the week. Um, just before we start, this is uh, a highlight <laughs> of the of the match for me. It was Bubakar Kamara's effort on goal? Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the ball came. I think it was cleared. And from beyond the halfway line, uh, just over the halfway line, sorry, he tried to volley it first time. So the goalkeeper off his line and uh, skied it. Uh, it went past the, went wild, miles wide past the goal. But I don't know about you, when he hit the hit the shot, I was sort of clapping. I was like, oh yeah, great effort. Love to see Worth that. Worth a go. Worth a go. But then in my head afterwards, about two minutes later, I was thinking, if that was John McGinn doing that, I would have been absolutely blasting. Why, <laughs> yeah. do, why, why do I feel so differently about Kamara doing it? I don't know, but... It was great to see, wasn't it? Anti anti Scottish racism, mate. That's what oh, I, I think. think maybe it is. it is. Maybe I am. Maybe yeah. Subcon- maybe subconsciously I am. Yeah. When I but when look- I um when I was young and I played Sunday League, uh, the weekend after Beckham scored against Wimbledon from his own half, I was an agricultural centre half, and a ball just sat up in in the centre circle, and I, I genuinely it was just a hoof. I wasn't shooting. I wasn't trying, and it all and it almost went in. Then every time I got, they'd all, they all the opposition all thought I'd done it on purpose. So every time I got the ball for the whole rest of the game in a similar position, they were all going, "Watch out for the backer! He's going to try the backer!" I was like, it was, "Guys, it was just..." And all the fans were going, "Shoot!" <laughs> yeah. I genuinely just, I genuinely just hoofed it on a, you know. So yeah, great memories, great times. Great memories, great memories, mate. Mm. Love to see. We'd love to see Union Pump, mate, playing for. Oh yeah, love to see that. Uh, right, so let's yeah, move. Away Hurst, from... Hurst Green Colts, mate. Hurst Green Colts. Yeah. Nice, nice. Let, let's move away from Villa slightly, although we can touch on Villa with this as well. But this was a really interesting thing that that AJ shared on the group, uh, which I don't know if anyone's seen this uh, previously, but uh, shared by go... a guy called Mark R Stats is the source on Twitter. Mark, Mark R Stats. Mark R. R. Mark Ars stats. No, Mark. There is. It's on there. Look, it's on Mark there. Mark stats. Oh, has he got it on there? Where is it? Oh yeah, at the top. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the title. There we go. Fair I just fair didn't fair. want it. I didn't want anyone to think it was my. It was my stats. And I, I was I, just stealing them. So yeah. AJ, you. I'll let you go through this. What? What? What, do you, what does this show? Well, this shows um, uh, across the last uh, decade how um, 
per team per game stats have changed um, for the Premier League as a whole, so averaged across all teams. So it tells you a lot about how the style of play of the Premier League uh, has changed. So, you know, and, and a lot of it, um, you can see like things like goal kick length and stuff have, have literally happened in the last three or four years, not across a decade. And, and then some of the things have been a sort of longer, uh, longer trend. But obviously, you know, people playing short a lot more, a lot less direct um, football, the direct, uh, the direct speed and direct progression has slowed. Far fewer crosses um, than there were the earlier uh, 10 years ago. And people taking fewer shots. And that's obviously the um, the um, Pep Guardiola effect uh, where, you know, he gets furious if someone takes a long shot when there's the option to recycle the ball or whatever. And that's rubbing off on everybody, uh, on everybody else. You know, the, the impact of things like XG as a statistic as well, yeah, where people are suddenly realising, OK, we're better off waiting for a high XG chance than we are trying to take advantage. So, you know, the influence of stats and analytics and, of course, the high the high turnovers as well. But it also does show, I think, uh, bringing it back to Villa, that um, I guess under Smith, uh, to a degree where we remained a very direct team and very effective as long as we had Grealish in the team, but we remained a very direct team. Uh, I, I think how long you could continue to play in that way and be competitive in towards the top half of the table given these trends uh i i don't know um i think to be fair to gerard he would probably say he was he wanted to play a more possession based high pressing game that's certainly what he tried to do at, at rangers but he just didn't have the ability skills knowledge to get anywhere near implementing that in a in an elite um in an elite league uh, but under Emery, you can already see that this is the direction he's moving in. Whether we've got the right players to deliver it or not, uh, I don't know. But certainly, um, you know, it's the way the entire league is going. And, uh, you know, you're going to really struggle to compete high up in the league if you're not um, if you're not keeping up with the tactical trends uh, of the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I think... Uh... Oh, I suppose under Gerard, the crosses, our crosses would be pretty high as well, especially over yeah. the last six months or so. Uh, and for Dino, the high turnovers was obviously a key part of the, his plan as well, wasn't it? Trying to trying to turn over the ball. Um, but yeah, no, interesting, really interesting. And uh, I think it shows you the way the Premier League is changing. And, and more importantly, I think it's, you know, going back to your point there about Emery there and, and what I was saying earlier, you know, it's nice to have a proper elite manager who understands these things and who understands that you need to play a certain brand of football to progress and become a good team and try and achieve things and try and win a cup or try and move towards the top end of the table. doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to play like Man City or Barcelona. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. But just in terms of in terms of how you play, how effective you are, how pragmatic you are in certain games, I think we'll see um, that come into fruition a lot more as the season progresses. Obviously, we're only a few games in into Emery's um, managerial reign, but already within a few games, we've seen the way that he can tweak systems, the way he can tweak tactics, um, the way he t- tweaks personnel, etc. as well, and just how he sets up his team. You can see he's a thinking man's man manager, um, and uh, you can see his ability, his knowledge, his intelligence as well. And, and, and I'm really exciting to see. And I think a few people have mentioned in the comments around uh you know what, what might might what we might see in January. Maybe we'll do a pod on that in terms of potential sticking points in the squad, 
uh, improvements that we can make, etc. as well. Um, maybe we'll do a few World Cup pods as well. Would you think, boys? Oh yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Although, otherwise, well, this is gonna, this is going to be our last pod for a while, otherwise. Nah, we'll be back, mate. We'll be back. Yeah. We've yeah. got the friendlies as well. The friendlies, haven't we? We've got Villarreal. Yeah. Villarreal, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah uh, there's another one as well. Cardiff. Are we playing Cardiff, or did I imagine that? I think there's, 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 there's testimonial match, isn't there, for Peter Whittingham? Um, oh, yeah, that one, yeah. I don't know when that is, when that's happening. But, yeah, uh, oh, just quickly before you, we go, your man of the matches, who, who are you nominating? Sorry, man of the match. Sorry, man of the matches, man of the match. Uh, men of the match. Men of the gotta match. Be Got to be camera for me. Yeah, Kamara. Well, I think I already said earlier in the pod it's Kamara for me. But, yeah, Ings is up there. Louise is up there. Um, Luca Dean was good, by the way, as well. Luca Dean yeah, was, was good. He was good, good, especially, been good since, especially uh, first half. Yeah, he came in. Yeah, but Kamara for me. Yeah, I think it's a fair shout. I think I said Ings in my tweet, and then I followed up with Kamara as well. But I think I think Danny Ings just because I think he's been in and out the side. He's got five goals now in the league. Uh, it was a good all-round performance from him, which you, you know we don't always see. So uh, yeah, I think him. Although I think Kamara's midfield role and his performance was, was vitally important as well but yeah fantastic win first way win of the season great to be positive again isn't it on this pod mm. you know we've been down for so long with Gerard and um, hopefully the only way is up you know we're now 12 four points off sixth of Liverpool so we play them on the 26th uh, on Boxing Day so it could be one point behind them if we beat them and I think then I think we've got uh, Tottenham Wolves and Leeds I think from memory uh, maybe be wrong with Wolves, but I'll double check again. But you know, winnable games there as well. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Like I said, we'll do a few pods in between now and the 26th, I'm sure. But thanks to the boys for their time as always and their insight. Um, great to chat, Villa. Great to chat, uh, the victory as well. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you for your interactions. Please just subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on. Follow us on, 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 follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, like this video, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, no, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, up the villa. Up the villa. Up the villa. I love it. I love it.